Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Mike Max sitting in three to six. CCO audience held captive day two. The uh, to tip or not to tip. You know, this question comes up a lot. <clears throat> and it's an interesting question because it involves everybody, right? You're always looking at whether or not you should... And so, so when we when we sit in our production meetings or pre-production meetings, like this morning at eight a.m., we had our first meeting for this show, and and then we kind of that's that's where the clay starts to get molded, and we start talking about how do you how do you reach the most people? I was just talking to Dan Cook about being in the in the church industry. How do you reach the most people? And a radio station is no different. And you say, well, you got to come up with the greatest common denominator. What are the things that everybody relates to that they listen to? Well, to tip or not to tip and how much to tip is always in play. Okay. And now we have a pandemic twist to it. Now we've got a little twist and turn and, oh, I'm not quite sure how I feel about this. And what should I tip if they, because I've been ordering online and they've been doing DoorDash and how do I do this and that? And what I really hate. I've come to really hate is when you put your credit card in that machine and then it starts at 15% for a tip. I'm not on that guys. It's the 15, 20, 25, which makes you feel guilty at 15 because that's the lowest one. And I thought 15 was a little bit high because I haven't really got any service. I just walked through the line and you made my sandwich and I took it and then I put my card in there and all of a sudden there's 15, 20, 25%. <clears throat> and I'm going, well, I'm thinking this probably maybe a tip's in order, but maybe a dollar. I mean, I mean, you're just rifling people through the line. You're really not doing anything. And so there's an article in Forbes that says people are tipping less. They're tipping less right now uh, coming out of the pandemic for various reasons. Uh, I'll give you mine, and then you can give me your 651 Call or text us anytime. 651-461-9226. Have you changed in your theory about tipping? I have. Because during the pandemic to now, I have always so appreciated that people were working because I came to realize how many people are not working. And I really appreciate it during the pandemic when I realized that some people were, were, were just staying at home because they could get a check. Now, I get that. Some people might say that's sound business and they, and they were saving us from spreading uh, COVID. Okay. But but I also commended those that would go to work instead of taking that option. And so I would generously tip all of those people because I wanted to encourage them and let them know that I recognized what it was that they were doing 
in a small way for our country, but but also that that, that I knew that a lot of other people wouldn't do what they did. And I wanted to let them know that that was appreciated. I really did. And I really do still because I see these people working and, and, and you can say they're in harm's way given, given the way this virus has moved and, and be re- reinvigorated and then you know, boom, 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 boom. But I give them credit for working and working in people professions. Now, here's where I had a problem. Most of my tipping would involve the coffee shops because I'm a big coffee drinker and, and I might stop in a given day. I, I, I might hit two, three, four coffee shops depending on what my schedule is, where I'm running around, and blah, 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 blah. Here's where I have a problem. And I'm talking to you, Starbucks, and I'm talking to you, Caribou, and I'm talking to you, Dunn Brothers. I'm talking to all of you. You started to use that claim about how now it's more expensive for coffee. Okay? So, so you, you, started, you threw that at us. The supply chain and this and that, and it's more expensive to get coffee. The old fuel costs. Argument, right? Which may or may not be true. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how coffee prices move all those things. But now, if you buy, say, a medium coffee, depending on where you are, if you're in Minneapolis, you get taxed more. And, and let's say it's $3.80, which, which it's risen to for a medium or a large coffee, depending on what you get. I can't tip 20 cents, so I got to tip the whole dollar 20. Well, now it's $5 for a cup of coffee, and that's outrageous. And yet I want to support the people that are working there because, doggone it, they came into work. They didn't try to mail this thing in. They're actually working. And many times, many times they're short-staffed because of what we're going through right now. So I want to tip them. But what angers me is that you are taking more and putting it into profits than you are worried about your workers. Because if you're really worried about your workers, you'd keep the price down a little bit and allow us to tip more. That's what you'd do. You'd allow us to tip more because it's not reasonable to pay $5 for a cup of coffee, and yet that's what you're forcing the decision to be. And you're guilting us into that, and I don't appreciate that at all. You need to bring the prices down, and you need to take less profits because you got fewer people working on staff. You're paying fewer people, first of all. And it's it bothers me because it looks like you guys are all in cahoots on this thing, and and those of us that that partake a lot in your coffee feel somewhat guilty because we feel like you should be paying the help more, not not relying on us to give tips and buy a five dollar cup of coffee. So you're reducing my motivation and my incentive to give tips to the people that deserve it the most because I'm angry with you because you're charging me too much for a cup of coffee and I don't want to take it out on the workers. And yet I don't know how else to send my message. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Maxie, I think I'm like a lot of people that I I tip because it's the social norm. I live in the U.S. and where it's a tipping culture and when it's expected, I tip. I, I wish I live somewhere or I, I shouldn't say that. I wish we were more like Europe in that you don't tip in places in Europe. You go and you that's the bill and you pay it. And that bill is enough to pay everything that's included in the cup of coffee or the dinner or whatever. However, I don't. I live in America and we tip, so I do. Now, that being said, what I don't like is I know um, I know some places where – Young adults can go work 20, 25 hours a week tending bar at a restaurant in the suburbs or serving tables. And I know people that have a degree in teaching, but they don't go teach because they can make more in 22 hours a week tending bar 
and then sitting at the bar until 2 a.m. afterwards. Yeah. And then going home and play video games and or of course whatever. And, and of course why would you go get a teaching degree if you can do they're that? They're reporting all the cash tips as yeah, well. of course, of course. I, I just got a great tip, uh, a great text from Pete Nigerian on my personal line. Pete and I do the show on Sundays. I love talking to him about business. And, and he makes, he makes a, a great point that I, I can't agree with more. Uh, he says, you're 100% correct on coffee. And let me ask you this. When the price of coffee goes down, have you ever seen the price we pay for coffee go down? That's an excellent point by Pete and Nigerian. Do you think that when they figure out a way to get this supply chain thing figured out, they're going to say, oh, you guys have been such great patrons, we'll just reduce the price? I don't think so. So how do you tip? 651-461-9226. Mike Max sitting in on WCCO. I want to add one more thing about tipping, though. In general, last night, for example, my wife and I went out for dinner, and, and, and and the waitress was delightful. And I saw her as somebody, I didn't ask her, but she seemed like someone who's probably trying to pay for her own college. That's just the way it came across to me because she was doing everything she could to serve. Then I'll give more. Because I think, you know, if I give $3 more, $5 more, I'm never going to remember that, right? But she'll be enthused by it. She'll go, ah, if I do good service, I, I, I earn some more money. And I wanted to do that because she did. And, and I also will hold back if somebody, you know, if they don't, especially if you, if you sit down for a while and nobody comes to, at least give you a glass of water. That, that's the one that gets me the most. It's like, oh, no, you're not in anybody's zone, you know. I was using that same line. I go, God, I thought I was the invisible man. <clears throat> Try that sometime. Um, but, but the question is, have you changed the way that you tip? Because apparently nationally people are tipping less coming out of COVID. But initially they were tipping more because maybe for the same reasons I said, we felt sorry for the people that were working and the workers and they're in their masks and they're going all day, especially these coffee shops, like I said, where you get like six or seven people behind the, uh, behind the counter and, and they're working as a team and it, it can't be easy. And, and, and you, you know, you're running the risk of COVID no matter what. And they're doing it, man. That, that Starbucks and Chanhassen, they're just like a machine out there. Let's go to, um, is it John on line one? Yeah. John, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I just was going to, I find myself tipping actually a little bit more post COVID just from the standpoint of, the, um, you know, I'm in transportation and I've got two good friends that are in the restaurant bar business and it is just a bear to try to get good quality help. So I find myself tipping a little more, but then on the other side of the coin from the business part of it, I know one of my friends, they, they charge the convenience fee if you're using a credit card or debit card, which is 3.79%. And in his world that saves him 15 to 1800 bucks a month you know passing that on to the consumer but when i tip if i'm using my credit or debit card i'm always paying cash for my tip for the simple reason the, the waitress or the person that's taking care of me they're getting cash they don't have to yes they don't have to claim that yes and that and then the convenience fee comes off of that too on the tip yep you know, yeah, absolutely. Good. I try to do that too. I try yep. to tip the, I'll pay the bill with the credit card and, and then tip with cash. So I know it's going right into their pockets and they don't, the other thing they don't have to do is sit and figure it out at the end of the night. I mean, I hate doing stuff like that. Right. Just oh, take yeah, the cash, yeah. put it in your pocket right. and go home, you know? Yep. And, and like exactly. Dark Star always said, it's an honor system if you report that or not. Thank you for your call. Uh, let's go to Chris in Eden Prairie on line two. Chris, you're on. Well, hi guys. Uh, well, I'm just a lowly, uh, working class blue collar guy. Uh, and my take on that is if you're buying 
coffee at Caribou or Starbucks, uh, you're just paying too much money. Uh, you can go holiday and for like five or six bucks, you can get a cup of coffee every day for the month. You know? Yeah, well, so you sure can uh, if you want to call that coffee. Uh, well, I was a secretary, so it's pretty good in comparison to that. But so, you know what? Uh, it's not that much cheaper. It's not. I mean, and honestly, here's the problem that happens there. Now, you're speaking to a coffee. I don't have a lot of expertise, okay, in life, but one of them is coffee. And, and, I, and I'm not a coffee snob. I like a hot cup of coffee that's fresh. That's all I ask. But what happens in general, now, they, they've changed a little bit because, because there's new technology where people have these, you make it yourself kind of self-serve, but you actually make it yourself. But at some of these stations, Holiday being one of them, Speedway, Super America, the worst. Uh, now they've fixed this with this new machine. Um, you didn't know if they were checking the pots or not. Same with Quick Trip. I was at Quick Trip yesterday, and and I I sampled that first. You know, it was in the afternoon, and you got to really be careful in the afternoon. And and I put about a fourth of a cup in, and I go, that's pitch black. I mean, yuck, you know. So so you do have to take that in consideration. A lot of and this isn't being a coffee snob, but a lot of people do not change the coffee often enough. Whereas at Starbucks and Caribou, in general, they're on top of it. So understand your point, but there is a difference. Let's go to Kathleen on line three. Kathleen, you're on Mike Max sitting in on, uh, on, I'm sorry, it's Trish on line three. Um, oh, hi. Are you there, Trish? Yep, I'm here. Yeah. Go ahead, Trish. Okay. I think in, in the olden days, you were tipping on the service. You were tipping on the service. You know, at a, at a coffee, at a convenience counter or something, you'd sit down at the lunch counter and you'd pay for the service. Nowadays, you're, you think you're paying for the service, but you're actually paying on the tab the price of the bill. So you can go into a sports bar, you know, where the atmosphere, you don't have linen tablecloths and napkins and things and fancy stuff, and you have a $34 steak and your bill's 80 or $90 for four people, um, and your service is just like it would be if you went into a TGI Fridays or something, you know? Yeah, that's right, um, and you're paying the percentage, right? Exactly. So you're really not. I, yeah, the, I the waiter or waitress isn't any more. better than you get at Applebee's. Only, only the the filet mignon costs more. Exactly. So you're not really tipping on the service. So you're uh, you shorting the waitress or waiter. I don't know. I tend to tip more on a takeout order, you know, because the person either brings it to your car or, you know, you don't have to pay for the ambiance of the restaurant. I just I'll tip even even more just for them being showing up and doing what they're doing. Yeah, it, it's 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 a racket. I think if you look at it at some point, it could I, I, be. all I want is the workers to get the money. You know what I'm saying? They right, showed up. Right. They're working through the pandemic. They're wearing masks. They're doing all these things. I want right. them. I want them to get the spiff. And I don't want to see like Pete and Jerry sent me that text, and I, I couldn't agree with them more. Uh, do, do you think now that they've established the price of coffee at, at, at you know they've upped it by twenty percent or whatever it is? Do you think once they have uh, access to coffee like they used to, I think they're going to bring it back down? I don't. Oh, God, no. No. Remember years and years ago, years and years ago, there was a big coffee bean shortage because of the weather or something. Yeah, the something they told out. us, yeah. It never went down. Never, never went down. Ever. No, so, so they're going to no, take us does. and they're going to take us again, you know? <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> All right, thanks for your call, Trish. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, number of texts on this. Um, one of the problems is some. what happens is these people write a text and somebody else writes a text and interrupts it. So I'll get to those on the other side. We're also going to talk some uh, um, serious stuff as in gun control. What, what happens next? And I, I still can't figure out what, what's the line in the sand here. What, what is it that w- would would um, be bipartisan 
If we eliminate what to get our arms around gun control? What, is it just AK-47s? Is it, is it semi-automatic everything? What is it that needs to happen? Do we need to have a police officer at school, at every school? I don't know. But what will satisfy both sides in the gun control fight? We'll talk to Steve Dorsey about that and much more. Mike Mack sitting in on News Talk 830 WCCO. Welcome back. Mike Mack sitting in for Paul and Jordana. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Steve Dorsey, reporter, correspondent extraordinaire for CBS and beyond. Steve, thank you for joining us today. Hey, it's great to talk to you. Well, let's start with uh, gun control. You cover this on a regular basis. How, how does this navigate in Washington? As we sit out here, you can call flyover country or outside. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The uh, uh, grid or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, we're always a little skeptical. We're going, uh, are they going to get something done? Are they going to drag this on in the midterms? Is it a political thing or is it a real thing? Uh, how does it feel out there when you cover it? It feels like a real big challenge. Uh, it's the same kind of challenge folks in, in Uvalde, Texas uh, are feeling in in Parkland or feeling in, in Buffalo or, or feeling uh, that's in the middle of the country. Uh, you know, that's in, in, in parts of uh, the South. Uh, they're frustrated and uh, certainly lawmakers in Congress are frustrated, uh, but there's so many uh, challenges uh, ahead for substantive gun control reform that uh, so far it just hasn't been seen just yet. What, what happens in the next couple of weeks, two, three weeks, month? What do you think? Well, if you want gun control reform, uh, they, the best success uh, is in the Senate, where uh, there's a bipartisan group negotiating uh, potential reforms. Uh, a vote could happen on that by the end of the week, and uh, that could then go to the House. Uh, so that's the, the biggest chance, and, and the White House said today that the president is uh, encouraged by those negotiations, but still, they are just negotiations right now, and there's no, uh, no product just yet. Where do midterms fit into this, uh, the way you see it or handicap it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's clear that Democrats are using this as part of their midterm strategy to motivate voters who want change, uh, who, who want the tougher measures in gun control. Republicans, on the other hand, aren't focusing on this. Uh, they are focusing on inflation, on the economy, on gas prices. Uh, and in fact, uh, a recent CBS News poll said a third of uh, the people that responded to that poll said that this is uh, mass shootings, at least, are, are just an unfortunate reality of living in a free society like in the U.S. Sure, but eventually they're going to have to step to the table on it because I don't think it's going to go away uh, as an issue. Are, are they well prepared for it, do you think, the Republicans, or, or, or do you think that they just let this play out? Uh, you know, I think... Um, the, the pressure for gun control reform hasn't gone away, right? I mean, it's been around, especially since uh, Sandy Hook uh, years ago. Uh, there's no pressure that's letting up. Uh, you know, the, the, the NRA, uh, I think we'll have to see whether uh, significant um, 
advancements on gun control meet the approval of the NRA or significant gun rights activists, I think that'll be the biggest tell on whether or not these efforts are successful. Mm. Does the NRA wield the same power it did always, or is it different now? It's a bit different now, right? They're not, uh, after going through some internal scandals uh, over the last few years, they're not uh, certainly as powerful as they were, but they're still influential. Uh, And uh, you still see conservatives, especially, uh, courting them for their money and for their approval. Um, And uh, that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. Does the January 6th get tied to gun control much out there where you live? Does that become uh, a part of the issue of gun control? Are they completely separate issues? You know, uh, I haven't seen it personally. Uh, I think... um, you know, that that could be an issue of uh, individual liberties, but also uh, there were so many issues with uh, with having firearms on federal property to begin with uh, and at events where there are lawmakers. For instance, uh, you know, at the NRA convention uh, in Texas, while the former President Trump was speaking, uh, the Secret Service banned uh, guns from the room and from the property. So, uh, yeah, there are uh, certainly competing environments going on, but so far I haven't seen a significant uh, tie into January 6th. And, and w- January 6th goes on and on, and, and they continue to fine-tooth comb this. When, when does, it, does it get resolved at some point and, and the file gets closed, or is this one of those that, uh, for better or worse, will linger for a long time? Uh, it's not going to go anywhere, uh, and it's likely going to be with us for a long time, especially in rhetoric and in, in campaigns. We do expect the House uh, Select Committee that, that are investigating this, led by Democrats, of course, uh, to have a, a report at some point. Uh, but those public hearings kick off on Thursday in, quote-unquote, prime time. Uh, they'll also continue on Monday morning. Uh, and then uh, once some court issues are resolved, we should at some point, uh, perhaps this summer, get a, uh, a report from that committee. Steve, appreciate. I know it's moving so quick out there, and there's so many things, but thank you for giving us a little peek into it. Appreciate it very much. Great to talk to you. You bet. Steve Dorsey, correspondent, CBS. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to say it. Uh, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Um, you cannot have all, everything that you're pouring into January 6th and pour next to nothing into what happened the riots here two years ago. There was no, there's no committee formed to see who burned down the third precinct. Every once in a while, they've got a small task force, and, and they'll find some pictures of somebody that they can put to it. There, there's no committee to say, hey, who, who, who took care of Speedway there, and, 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 and for, who did that to, to target on Lake Street and target in downtown Minneapolis? Who, who broke all those windows? There, there's, there, there's no investigation into that in Washington or anywhere. No, because it doesn't matter to them. Because there's not enough political gain in Minneapolis. So they'll just let us sit. And we're not going to hold people accountable for that. Why would we do that? Why would we hold people accountable for that if we can't gain something politically from it? And so they'll, they'll play volleyball with this January 6th, the insurrection. And, 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 you know, obviously there needs to be accountability there too. There needs to be people that are arrested. There needs to be people put in jail. There needs to be a lot that comes from January 6th. And what was done there. But when you compare and contrast it to what happened here and that they did nothing, next to nothing on a federal level, to investigate and clean up and hold people accountable for for destroying parts of our city. And they said, well, we'll just let that one pass because you know what? Uh, The bigger thing is we can get some political uh, power out of this thing in in Washington, D.C., Minneapolis. The hell with them. What do they bring to the table? 
And that just sickens me every time I drive by those buildings that were burned out and where the the, the bars are now on the door and all the things that you saw uh, that were torched literally and, and you know, uh, Wells Fargo and, and, and White Castle burning and, and what they did at Midway. I mean, it, it goes on and on and on. But that's okay because that only happened in Minnesota. And we can't get enough out of Minnesota to make that important to us. I've said this before, Clovey Smitty, you got to get on this one because you got to represent us on this. And I, 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 all I see is you want accountability on what happened on January 6th, and that is fair, man. Go get them. Go get them, man. Take, take a bite out of the dogs. But this has just been forgotten. It's as if, oh, yeah, but that's okay. I, I don't get that. I guess they never will. When we come back, we'll visit with Susie Jones. And I'll tell you something that I saw in downtown Minneapolis today walking over here that I have never seen before. And I hope I never see it again. Stay with us. Welcome back. Susie Jones, how are you? Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, I had a one-day weekend because I so graciously offered to fill in Friday for the 9 to noon position. Yeah, it sounded good. Yet to be filled, but we keep plugging away. You know us. We do what we need to do. Yeah, it sounded good on Friday. Well, I appreciate that. You sound good every time, though. No, I don't. That's not true. That's not not true. I've got a beehive going now and text people agreeing and disagreeing with me on, on whether or not they, they treat us like flyover land in Minnesota. But anyway, mm-hmm. you know what I saw today in downtown Minneapolis I've never seen before, Susie? Oh, I would love to hear it. I don't even want to say it because I, it's ruined my appetite for the It's rest. a pregnant pause is what he's doing yep, there. Ninth and Nicollet, yep. right up against J.B. Hudson. I know it. Okay, targets on one side of the side street J.B. Hudson, uh, right up against the J.B. Hudson building. Yep. A lady... Pulls your pants down and urinates on the side of the building. A woman. Yep. Not a guy. Yep. I'm looking at this and it's surreal and I'm going, what is going on here? And all of a sudden I see what she's doing mm. and it, it was um, – Startling. It was startling and I I, ugh, I can't get it out of my mind. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it was so grotesque. Yucky. Yep. yep. And I've seen guys do the same thing in, in the alley. Sure. Which is, you know, kind of a temporary outhouse for some. Some. Uh, but this was the first time I'd seen this in broad daylight. So, and, and, and by the way, this is not indicative of the way all Minneapolis runs. It's not like you see this all the time and blah, blah, blah. There, there, There's lots of good stuff going on in downtown and Nicolamon and all those things. But you do see this too. That's what I'm saying. I will just add to the story real quick and tell you that I am a big Target shopper. Uh, when I'm downtown, I run over and I might get some shampoo or yeah, you know, yeah, because it, it's convenient for us. Very yeah. convenient. And I had to use the bathroom; had to yep. tinkle. Yep. And there is now one bathroom in yep. Target. Yep. And you need a code. Yep. And they used to have six or eight stalls in the ladies' room and men, I suppose. Now there's one. Yep. For that very reason, I think it was getting to be too much to handle. Yep. The traffic in the bathroom. Yep, because so, yep. Yeah. So they, they they did what I guess if I was a business I'd probably do too because I can't afford to keep fixing you know, right? If something breaks, so maybe they need porta potties downtown. They've got some in some areas, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just I can't get it out of my mind now. And I just ugh, you right, know. Well, anyway, shake it off because we have some news shake it stories. Up. We got a lot of news going on here, including the saddest part of it: uh, a three year old shot the latest victim in Minneapolis. Gosh. Happened about 845 near the corner of 23rd and Sheridan. Now, the police came out a little bit later this afternoon 
and want kind of clarified that it was a shooting that happened did not happen outside. So there was some thought was the child playing outside. Well, yeah. no. So we'll hopefully find out some more in the in the day next day or so. But just you know, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's like third or fourth story down on the paper, and yeah, people <laughs> yes, are talking I know. about it. Just, it. Just that's like, where we're at, right? Gosh, yeah. Unbelievable. Yes, yeah, three and the and the three year old is in the last I saw was critical condition. Is it still that critical and stable? So child was shot in the stomach and rushed to North Memorial and in you know critical but stable. So hopefully our hearts you know that we say a prayer and hope that child pulls through. But just that gun violence is just never ending. Um, well, I'll but, just oh, go ahead. You know, think of the people that show up on that scene. I mean, how can you not have PTSD after oh. trying to work with a three-year-old that's been shot? You oh, know? can't even. I don't, I don't care how hardened you are to it or how no, you know. No, I tell you what. So uh, the next story that I'm working on, we are working in your on. backyard, St. Louis Park. Yeah, flooded basements continue, huh? Wow. And we know who the culprit is. Well, the city, right? Yeah, water main breaks twice. So old pipes, uh, new apartment over there. On Texas and Minnetonka, if you're familiar with my, sure, I know the area, yeah. my mechanic, D&D Auto, right there on the corner. They build a big new apartment complex, and a lot of folks in the neighborhood are not happy, as most people aren't when you stick one of those up in your neighborhood. But water main broke two weeks ago, flooded four hours, flooded this gal's basement that I went to her house today. She had just gotten it cleaned up Thursday, just started ordering new water heater, new washing machine. I mean, because it was sewer water in her basement. <laughs> oh, God. And anyway, then, so they have someone clean it Thursday, Friday night. Boom, breaks again, another one. So she's at her wit's end. I took pictures of her basement. I talked to her on the phone. I mean, I went to her house. So we have that story online right now, plus I have a long version of it at 6 and. City of St. Louis Park is having a meeting tonight to hear from folks. And uh, I bet they will. Loudly, probably. Yep. Loudly. Yep. And then our last story that I wanted to mention to you is that the trial of the two former Minneapolis police officers, the state trial, was to have started next week, now delayed till January of 2023. A little startling. A lawyer we talked to earlier today said he thought they were just waiting for the federal sentence to come down because Tutau and J. Alexander King are the only two left. They were all three convicted in federal court. Once the federal sentence is handed down, he believes this attorney that the two will make a plea ar- arrangement and sure. end up. You know, I get that, but yeah. man, it gets confusing oh, you know, because God. they're charged federal and local and, and you can't follow. Mike Padham is going to join us, attorney at 535, to talk about it. But but it seems like it's like, well, didn't they already do, wasn't there already a trial? And, and, and we all get confused by it, right? It's it's a lot. And, I, you know, hopefully it will come to a conclusion at some point and we can move on. But still, you know, all this life goes on, right? Keep your pants up. Keep your pants up, man. You got that right. Oh, now I can't even stop thinking. It was so, oh, man. We've gotten past it. Now we're back there. Yeah, if you're on Ninth and Nicollet and you smell something, yep, it is what you think it is. (laughs) Maybe maybe the pot smell over there will drown it out. Thanks, Susie. No problem. I'll get into some of these texts, and we got many uh, pertaining to the last hour of this program, plus Andy Tate. Andy Tate and more in the 4 o'clock hour. Stay with us. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.